Welcome to Knives Out Minute by Minute, episode 90, the 90th minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson, with me. My guest for this week again is Antu. Hi, Antu. Uh, hey, Park. And we're here now for minute 90. It's 89 minutes, 0 seconds to 89 minutes and 59 seconds, the one and a half hour mark. In this minute, uh, Ransom tells Marta how, how bad things are, and... She says she's screwed. Or is she? Uh, <laughs> Blanc then arrives um, to a fire at the, the medical records building. Uh, and what does it all mean? We are we are unsure. Possibly something very tense and nervous. Uh, we'll find out in next minutes. But for this minute, we've got uh, Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, and then at the very end, a little bit of uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess what stands out to me in this minute a bit is editing. Yeah, because it's been such. We went to a really tense kind of, not slow, but a, but a, a tense scene in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, it was a and then up for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then quickly inside, quickly at the mail, uh, quickly over to ransoms. Uh, really fast conversation between uh, between. Ransom and Marta, and then Daniel Craig. We see the fire is being put out, or is already out, but the yep. building's being surrounded by firefighters. The whole last half of the minute is just Daniel Craig very slowly arriving and getting out of his car. It feels like a, a real um, cool down after the very fast paced last um, couple of minutes of movie. What I enjoy about this scene is just again, just I love Johnson's eye for detail, like. Just having the New Yorkers is like on his like coffee table. Oh, on Ransom's coffee table. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a nice piece of foreshadowing. Again, like he's just he's setting up all this stuff. Like even just the detail in like the Ramson note and like how it's all like just a torn page at the bottom. Like the, just the little, it's just all there. It all makes sense. Like which is what you want in like a whodunit, really. Oh yeah, it looks it looks arranged for a mystery movie. Mm. Um, you were talking about his um, his coffee table, yeah. and uh, that compared to the coffee table that we just saw, we just saw Marta's coffee table, yeah. which has one of those. Um, it's meant to not. It's meant to look like cloth, but it's cloth with like a plastic covering. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Tablecloths um, that looks a little bit, you know, a little bit aged, and uh, and covered in like what seemed to be. I, I'm gonna guess it's probably a combination of like bills and uh, but like official mail, you know, yes. um, bills and I'm, and obviously she's getting like cards from like lawyers and I don't know psychics, <laughs> whatever. There's like a bowl of rotting fruit on the table as well in her house. Yeah. Yes, like a banana that you can see that's sort of like old, but yeah, yeah. It looks like you know a regular working class person's yep. kitchen table. Um, and then we go from that to Ransom's uh, table where, you know, Ransom doesn't get any bills. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's yeah. never paid for anything. 
there's like uh yeah it's just a magazine there's like a nice pasta dish on there i think yeah. what i presume is pasta at least yeah it's a very it's a very different kind of setup yeah and his again his house made of windows yeah. um yeah and his uh, his uh his whole setup is just super duper frat boy nice um and I, I we think, also i think oh, the performances here as well like you oh, i'm i'm trying to read it read like chris evans performance as someone who has seen the the film and seeing if he telegraphs anything i don't want to spoil the film but yeah yeah we'll we'll do a little spoilering later but yeah i mean i guess the one thing i have a i and maybe it is retrospect but i have a slight hard time buying is when he talks about um so she tells him that's like her medical tag and back tag or something yeah, yeah it's 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 the number that identifies you know work that she does as a as, as a nurse and then um he's like oh well this is part of a part of a toxicology report and with this they're gonna see the overdose uh of, of the good stuff yeah. as harlan called it and they're gonna know what they're gonna find out that this mm-hmm. is how he died um and they're that he didn't die of uh you know a, of a slit throat yep. and she's like I'm so screwed and how do you know this anyway and he says because he was he worked for a summer as Harlan's research assistant yep. maybe it's in retrospect but I do have a slight hard time buying that he did a lot of work <laughs> yep. as Harlan's research assistant or that he paid enough attention to remember what a toxicology report looks like mm-hmm you know, like five or ten years later or yep. whatever. I I can sort of, yeah, you could probably see, like, he's an in, a entitled rich kid, like, kind of phoning in his, like, work with Harlan, I guess. But he was his grandfather, so I think maybe he probably... It's possible. Yep, reined in, in a little. Yeah, well, and he's he's um, Jamie Lee Curtis's and Don Johnson's... I can't remember their names. He's their kid. yeah. So I, 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 I can imagine Jamie Lee Curtis making him work yes. <laughs> for his grandfather. I just wonder, like, how much of a job he actually would have did, <laughs> would have done. Uh, but, I, you know, in the moment, I believed it. Yep. I also, I want to like Chris Evans and his kiddie <laughs> characters. <laughs> I mean, he's he's played total jerks before, too. Yeah. I remember, you know, I've seen the movies before. Pre Captain America, yep. where he played jerks, it was and very good at it, and yep. it, totally believable. And he is here too. Like I believe him as like a, a trust fund jerky, yep. rich boy. Um, but I, but you know, it's 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 the cap factor, and I I I want to like him. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Like I think he's totally likable. Like in his character is pretty likable at first. Like he he's like a like a breath of fresh air when he comes in at the the will reading and like telling one to. Uh, go fuck themselves I think or eat shit I mean sorry like eat shit that's that's <laughs> hilarious I'm like he's uh, he's a reprieve from like this usual stuck upness of like the family like he's a rebel yeah. you know if you want at, at the very yeah. least it, however however uh, uh, like privileged or or yeah. snobby he might be he doesn't seem to be just full of crap. He doesn't yeah. seem to be, he's more aware of what, he's not deluded 
um, and doesn't try and like cover up the family's, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not a, a conceited dirt. asshole in that way. Like he, he's like, yes, yeah. I, am, I am a rich asshole. Like he's open about it, I guess. Like, yeah, he, he's self-centered, but he doesn't try and like make it seem like he's not. Or 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 make it seem like he like he's uh, like like the family is better than other people. Yeah. Um. Uh. And, and he can find the humor in things. He laughs at the family's you know misfortune. Yeah. Uh. And when Marta comes and talks to him, talks to him, he he's like, "You're gonna tell me everything. You know, we're gonna come clean, and then this is what you're gonna give me." He like makes a deal with her that seems like a pretty. I don't know if I would say fair, but like, he's not isn't doesn't seem to be BSing her. Yep. He yeah. Again, like just even out of the out of the family, like he seems like the only one that's like offered her some form of allyship. You know, like even Meg sells her out in a way, like by bringing up her mom's. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So again, yeah, like, right, right away. Chris Evan is like he's pretty likable. Like yeah, he's a pretty likable guy. Like I think he's well cast in this situation. Yeah, this is this is using Chris Evansness, Chris Evans, Chris Evansness to yes. to the best potential. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I like their conversation here. I like the way that they, you know, that he gives her information, she gives him information. Together, they kind of put together what what's what. Um, and then again, also before I, I like our, um, I like the transition over to the now slower scene with Blanc, where we find out that the, um, the, the, the medical records office has been burned down Mm -hmm. and then, um, uh, Stanfield is our detective, the, the cop who, uh, is friendly with Blanc. Uh, tells him that all the security alarms were tripped, which, as of our minute, ending at the hour and a half mark, at the 90-minute mark, we yep. don't know... Uh, we don't know if that's because, oh, well, someone maybe stole something and then set off all the alarms and burned everything, or there was just a fire and everything <laughs> yeah. got burned. And for all we know, the only... Um, the only piece of this that now exists is that photocopy, in which case, who cares? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, every, everything is is uh, is up in the air. I, I, I like one uh, part of the scene I like is uh, just with the sound editing, like uh, before they even cut to like the building being on fire, you can just there's a shot of like the logo of the uh, chief medical examiners. And you can just hear the sirens coming in, so it's already like again, like alluding to yeah. something. Something bad is happening already. <laughs> like, well, and there's there's even there's a, um, ooh, I'm terrible. I believe it's called a J cut. Uh, the sound of the sirens yep. actually comes in while we are still at Ransom's house. Yeah. Yep. You're even before even before you see the the medical ex- medical examiner's office. Yep. That's it. Uh, and then they, and they switch over because you look at the medical examiner's logo on the um, on the paper. Yep. And then they switch over to the see the medical examiner's office. And now, as a classics person, I'm gonna have a bone to pick. <laughs> Go on. So this is very very common, uh, and maybe here's another reason for it. But uh, 
they show at the medical examiner's office, and you see this all the time on ambulances um, and and uh, doctors like cards and at um, hospitals. Yeah. Uh, you see the, uh, the, the, the caduceus, which is the, um, the wand with two <laughs> snakes wrapped around it. Yes. All right. That's not for medicine. <laughs> That's not for medicine. That's the rod of Hermes or yep. Mercury, who's the messenger of the gods, and that is not medical. The medical rod is the rod of uh, Asclepius, and I can't, who's like the first doctor, and I cannot remember. He's a child of Apollo. I can't remember if there's a, what the name is for that rod, but it's the rod of Asclepius, and it's got one snake okay. around the rod, and there's no wings or anything. Um this one in particular has like two snakes and then as well as the wings on top because it's for Hermes. <laughs> yeah. Hermes has the winged helmet. There's also um <coughs> and it's winged got sandals. The scales of justice. Yeah, for like for yeah, for for legal, which makes sense for a medical examiner. Yeah, that's but, what I read it as like, hey, here's the info, I'm gonna run it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mercury uh, And yeah, m- maybe for that. Maybe there's yeah. like a reason for the medical yeah. examiner as like a deliverer of information yeah. to have the 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 rod of, of of hermes but also fun fact and now i can't recall where i heard this or if it's true yeah but what i remember hearing at one point and i hope it was in a classes course but now i heard it was like on qi or something was that uh one of the supposed um explanations for why the rod of asclepius has a single snake wrapped around the rod um, is that part of it is possible because like snakes were always supposed to be like wise animals who like whisper in your ear and tell you things. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I think it's slaves of the two, but part of it also, one explanation was it is a representation of a removal of a tapeworm out of someone's anus where you wrap <laughs> it around, <laughs> you the slowly stick. wrap oh, it around no. the stick oh, no. uh, <laughs> as you're drawing it out of somebody. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know if that's true, and I can't remember where oh, I yeah. learned it, because my classics education was as undergraduate, and it was like almost two full decades ago now. I will so not possible. be googling that. Way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, just image search this. Don't bother to. <laughs> <laughs> don't even put it in Google. Just image search tapeworm anus removal, uh, <laughs> but not at work. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. I do really like that cut. I agree. Yeah. It's a really cool cut. You hear the, the sirens in the distance and then they get louder and then you see the examiner's office and it first just looks sooty. Yeah. But then you back out and there's, yeah, there's the fire engines and the firefighters uh, squirting water on it. Yeah, it's it's a cool bit. And then Block drives up. It's a great escalation of the stakes as well. It's just kind of like one of those moments where you're like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, it's part of our job for, for, for Friday is to talk about are five minutes and this one in particular in uh in terms of um like the movie as a whole and this really does seem like where uh constant stake raising and and also um marta i feel like she's definitely decided which way to go like she had that that moment where she was wondering oh do i go to walter and like be part of the family and 
serve the family, kind of yep. like work for them. I, yep. I work for them. Do I go to Blanc and like come clean to him and maybe he'll help me like throw myself on the, on the legal system perhaps? And she doesn't. She picks Ransom and kind of reifies that this is, she's out for her, you know, she's working for herself. She's yep. going to do whatever it takes. And I love her for that. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. No. That's kind of all I have to say about that. Our, our time in terms of the movie. Is there anything else you would say about how that fits into the movie or uh, what your feelings are about the movie as a whole? Uh, so, our five minutes? Uh, <laughs> sorry. I yeah, just, we can. I just drew a complete <laughs> mental blank. Uh, yeah. <coughs> oh, I, maybe we could talk about the film as a whole, I guess. Well, sure. Oh, we, oh, I'll say uh, we, we start out um, minute. Uh, uh, 86 was um, Blanc telling great Nana uh, uh, Winetta <laughs> yep. that she knows more than she lets on. Yep. And then mother Marta's mother talks to Marta about like lawyers and mail. Yep. And then she goes out to Walt and they have their confrontation and then this stuff. Yeah, no, uh, in, in that case, uh, yeah, no, it, it all... Yeah, this five minutes is pretty important. Like a lot happens. Like, like, like yeah, <laughs> like Walt tries to confront her. Like that puts a lot more pressure on Marta. And then the whole ransom note is kind of how like the rest of the movie sort of like it's the crux the rest of the movie turns on really. Yeah, this this is uh, the beginning of the wild ride of Act Three. Yes, uh, uh, and it does a really good job tying everything that came here this feels like a nexus point tying everything that came here uh to a point and then exploding from here on out obviously joke before but more twists and turns do occur <laughs> yeah I but think they that's... all they all come from this yeah i think it's pretty cool because like you know that's again what you want in a mystery you want more like escalation of the stakes like how is how is our protagonist gonna get out of this and then there's like the the function of like benoit blank is like technically working against Marta, really. Like you know, our protagonist is like, where's it? A lot, I'm not sure about you, but I'm a lot more sympathetic to Marta than I am to like Benoit Blank as a. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like for I, sure. <laughs> I I feel like he is. I feel like he's a good guy. Yeah, he's. And he, like I. He's I, a positive force, but he's like you know his his goals and aims work against our protagonist as well. Like in, at, at some point, you know. Yeah, like what, what, what if uh, Inspector Javert were like a good, empathetic, moral person, yeah. but still, you don't want him to run into Jean Valjean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this totally. Like, I, I, I like him, and I feel like he's generally a good dude, but I care about Marta, and I want Marta's story to turn out good <laughs> yeah. for Marta. Um, so I want him to be frustrated in his effort to find out who did it, because I'm worried that Bart is going to get caught uh, at this point. What's an interesting contrast is like Marta as like a, a noir, like looking at her as like a noir protagonist. Uh, how you know, like she she is in like a, an area of like gray, like moral ambiguity. You know, like the situation that Harlan leaves her in. Like, okay, like. <laughs> you've given me a morphine overdose and I'm going to kill myself so I can get you out of this. Like, it's not like, you know, typical noir protagonists. They tend to be like, I, 
I cheated on my wife and I, <laughs> I got to kill her or something. Like, you know, she's not as awful, but like seeing her work in that framework of like, yeah, this is a mo- morally dubious situation. And, and she kind of is like, the girl with the golden heart in that scenario like yeah that scenario i mean that they that they the 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 quirk they gave her yep. is that she she hates untruth so much or it's so it's such an anathema to her yep. that to lie for her makes her vomit that's it makes her automatically so lovable yeah no it's great it... um yeah, and you're right. I totally even even when the detective is the main character in a noir, they're very often morally ambiguous or bad people. Yeah, I mean, t- like not great like, dudes at yeah, all. Like yeah, Mike Hammer is a terrible human being. <laughs> not Stacy Keach, Mike Hammer. He's yeah. a good guy, but Mike Hammer in the novels is a is a is an awful person who. He's like, like I, I, I live to kill so others can live. Like, oh. at the very least, he's a really dark gray uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of protagonist. I, yeah. And even like, like Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe, these yeah. are all like kind of dark characters. Yeah, that like <laughs> the men of like noir fiction are not great guys at all. Like, <laughs> no, no way. Like everyone's like everyone's a, a horrible person. Like. You could say, like, maybe, like, Johnson did that with, like, Brick. He's already done his, like, neo-noir sort of, like, interpretation. Like, and this is his, like, like lighter, like, uh, look into the genre. But, like, again, like, even the family in Knives Out, they're, <laughs> they're awful people, but they're not, like, not all they're of them, not, at least. Yep. Yeah, they're not, they're they're not, not like, monsters. That. Yeah, no. Except the one alt-right kid. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of a monster. Yeah, definitely. I hate him worse than Ransom at the end, because um, oh. because I, I I also I think Ransom actually has a better chance of changing and I becoming a true, decent yeah. human being. Um, uh, the kid is still a kid. He's got like years, like you know, like he's, maybe, we'll maybe. see. <laughs> but, the the uh, I think I see. Um, Relating Marta to other characters from yep. other noir, and like Brick, uh, uh, the protagonist from Brick, um, Scott Levitt's character, yep. um, lying is a necessary tool mm. for like every noir protagonist. Yep. Withholding the truth from other people who are trying to figure out, you know. I don't know where the item is or who did the murder yeah. um, is like a thing that every noir protagonist has to do. They have to lie to the cops, lie to the other people who are on their side, but they don't want to let them get too ahead of them. Yeah. Lie to people who are the competition in some way or make threats they're not going to make good on or can't make good on. Lie all the time. And it's, it's, it is cool that like, his it's it's lighter you're right but yep. also he wrote himself into a corner right at the beginning making a character who like <laughs> yes. but her again her quirk is yeah. she she can she can barely stomach to lie for a moment before yep. puking yeah even like telling a half truth makes her queasy <laughs> yeah that's yeah and, and, and until you put it that way actually yeah. didn't i i have i have i have more 
the same. This is, I felt the same way after my first five minutes. I have more love for this movie now oh, after right. talking about it, which is the best kind of movie, right? Where you talk about it and you come out of that feeling, this is better put together and more engaging, interesting than I realized. Yes, I think because like it's very consistent. It all like it all holds up and like uh, it works better on the second watch. Definitely, like I think. Watching it for the second time, I was like, "Okay, this this really holds up. If not, e- way better than I thought it was." Yeah, everything just keeps clicking into place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, onto uh, I. Is there anything else you would like to say about uh, the movie in general? About uh, our our time this week? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to just. I think for me, what really just makes this film really brilliant is like the politics of it like i think as in coming from like the last jedi like yeah ryan johnson knows how to like put his like show his like political hand like <laughs> and not have it be ham-fisted or like yeah that's uh i think the politics of this film is like really wonderful and it's it's also timely and timeless <laughs> yeah i feel like the 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 class issues yeah. um the, the race issues that are brought up, um, which are are pretty subtly discussed. I don't think anyone, except maybe when that scene with the alt right kid, yes, I think it's the closest they get to come to like bringing it up like directly, really directly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they're I, just there. They're woven into the story. I think it also works in terms of like if you don't have like a strong class consciousness. I think it it's a very good like class consciousness one hundred one sort of like I think. You, you want to be able to, like, communicate everything to the layman as well as, like, the person who's initiated into, like, all these ideas. I think he's very respectful in that way. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, like, watching it in, like, a, a post-Trump, like, sort of worldview yeah. as well. Like, it's just, like, it's very daring. Like, I think if... I, I don't, I'm not sure if it, like got a lot of hubbub when it came out like politically but it's just like very daring and like kind of like a really subtle f- you to like conservative oh yeah like, no, I, my, my memory of its reception at release was just like everyone talking about what a great mystery what a great story it was yep. i feel like there was discussion especially among like among people as opposed to uh, with like like movie reviewers yeah i don't think I don't remember hearing a whole lot about about the the issues of class or race or yep. immigration being discussed. Um, mostly just like how great the story was. Um, maybe some some commentary about how how this differed from like other kind of drawing room mysteries yep. in the protagonist being um, not one of the upper class. Yes, I th- and and the 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 divide between the protagonist and the detective. I think even just that aspect is like again like a great deconstruction of like the sort of racist yeah. and classist elements of like who done it. Yeah, I think it just yeah he really did it. Like he, he did it. Like he kind of like got it all in one pretty much. Yeah, I, I feel. Like, I mean, I, this is a, one of the rare movies where like I, I have no notes as to what I would like, what I wish were different, or what I, in terms of of casting. And uh, uh, editing, like the order of events, yep. as well as individual kind of like scene editing. Like, I'm sure there are flaws. Nothing is perfect. Yep. But I, 
even second, even second and third watching, I didn't go like, oh, I wish they'd done this thing instead. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I wouldn't mess with anything. No, it's I, very satisfying as well, like as a film. It's just like so conclusive. And yeah, that ending. I, I love how Marta's like, uh, as, a, as a person from a working class background, but a, a white working class background, I, I really like how Marta's uh, race and class are one thing. Yep. They are. It, it's her 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 situation to, they're they're interwoven yeah um and uh i really dug that i it it was uh it was informative for me no i'm not saying like i i get all of my information about uh yeah. <laughs> what other what other groups people are like from from movies yeah but art teaches us teaches me and yep. like that was really cool um that that's this it's a movie that i would watch with students uh, I think, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I sort of had one more thing to say. I can't remember. It's like drawing another mental blank. But uh, <laughs> I, it, I think, yes, like thinking about this film critically and what it does, I think, you know, I think there's the fun way to look at like a sequel. Like, let's put Benoit Blanc into other situations that are wacky. But like, I think like following up this film thematically, like uh, and adding to the conversations about like, I guess social inequities and so on. Like, I I don't know what Johnson's going to do. <laughs> like you know, like I think yeah. I mean, he's had a lot of time to think about it. I yeah. I know he, there are two sequels at least um, announced already. Yeah, uh, they're like on IMDb. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how far along they are, but I you know like like we said yesterday, I trust him. Yep. No. Uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, yep. Yeah, I guess you're right. But. Uh, it's a it's a huge ask. Like I think, I I wouldn't be surprised if he like uh just like had a fun sequel that like yeah know, if like, <coughs> yeah if one is like a little like not stumbles but like yeah, yeah if little, it's just goofy fun yeah it, it's just a good than, mystery yeah. yeah but again I think even the reads into like race and class aren't necessarily super heavy they're just at the fore <laughs> it's just at the forefront you can't like ignore it you know in this film but uh, yeah. It's not a Mike Lee movie, no way. But like, it's just like a, it's just a, like a really strong look at it via like through a genre lens, which is like again what you want. Like, well, and like like you said, it's it's not direct. Yeah. Uh, it, but it's it's so pre like you said, it's, you can't ignore it. It's so in your, yep. so in your face. It's so there. I. I mean, maybe you. I for sure. If if you if you were being more direct, you could take those things further. Like if if this were if this were like a mini series, with way more time, you could be really more direct about those things and investigate them a lot further, and deconstruct whiteness a lot more. Yeah. Um. And like the classes of whiteness, and like where Blanc comes from. Uh. <laughs> but. Yeah. But it's really cool that you can't ignore it. It's really cool that it's like. Yeah. Just part of the narrative. I, I think, guess you you can really can't ignore it. I'm sure people do. <laughs> yeah, I'm but. sure people who like yeah. <laughs> but it yeah, I think even like again like as a layman, you'd probably go okay. Yeah, rich people uh, don't treat the help so well, and I think again it's very yeah. yeah, very it's very intrinsic to what's going on. My joke sequel answer is like <laughs> Benoit Blanc has to like 
solve a murder mystery at a fast food chain and he hangs out with fast food workers who are like, <laughs> underpaid and like <laughs> i think that would be like in my mind that now let's look at the intersection of race and class here <laughs> like and the management. i do because part of the i mean this if, there, if there's a if there's an issue with with blanc it's yeah. that he is a tool of the upper classes because yeah. you have to have money to pay him yeah I do get the impression from him that he has enough money that he might sometimes just go to where a mystery is interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's there's that doesn't eliminate it because he can. It's all about what he can afford to do. I'm Obviously, sure, money's still involved, but it's, I'm sure he could take like a case pro bono or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was something like really good. Uh, I feel like even even like. Victorian early 20th century like even like Doyle and Christie had their heroes go do things that were basically pro bono because you just can't have it gets too samey to have them constantly solving cases for the same class of Mm -hmm. people over and over and over and over again um so yeah, maybe he'll he'll do something like that it's like it was a really (laughs) weird murder at a Burger King and (laughs) And so in, in like in like Baltimore, and so uh, he's gonna like step into, you know, like to help out and yeah, yeah, and uh, and, uh, and figure out what's what and like, you know, engage in like a new system where you wouldn't usually see a gentleman detective go. Yes. Uh, yeah, I suppose like yeah, there's two things they kind of need to follow off on. It's like okay. Uh, Helping out the underdog, like again, Marta's the underdog in this scenario, so you want that, like in the sequel. And then, secondly, you'd want like uh, a continued deconstruction of like the whodunit. I think that's what I want from a sequel. I know we talked about that earlier in the week, but yeah, I think yeah, whatever that comes in a Knives Out sequel has to continue those two things in my mind. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're gonna, they're gonna call it because I feel like Knives Out is so much about. This family. Yep. This family has their knives out. Yep. Um, I wonder what they're going to, like, will this be, will the series be the knives out? Like, will it be like the Thin Man, where it just, it keeps, <laughs> or, the, or the Pink Panther, where we just call it, even though it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. We call it the, the Knives Out series, even though, you it, know, the family goes away. It's on Netflix, so I'm sure it's not going to, like, need a lot of promotion, but, like, they'll probably just call it something, something else, Ben Blank <laughs> Mystery or something like that. As yeah. Well. Will we go back in time and have a young, younger? But I mean, I I only want Daniel Craig. I I just I want more Daniel Craig. It's like a big part of this. So. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's signed on as well. But yeah. Uh, well, we have given the editors a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> we are now over 35 minutes. Antu, thank you so much for joining me for this week. I had a blast. Yes, uh, you're welcome. I had a great time too. Excellent. Uh, would you like to plug your plug? Uh, yep, uh, just follow me on Twitter at TheAntu, so that's spelled T-H-E-A-N-H-T-U. I learned from this that Australians sometimes say H. <laughs> uh, I will also mention another podcast I occasionally guest on. You check out uh, Doctor Who's That by Sean Gleason. Sean and his friends Bay and Andy watched the entirety of Doctor Who starting in 1963, working their way all up to the most recent season. 
Uh, Sean has seen all these before, and Andy's only watched the modern series, and Bay has never seen the show before. The trio are joined by a uh, rotating cadre of guests with varying levels of experience, and sometimes expertise, related to the topic uh, of the serial. You'll hear me once in a while. In fact, I got to guest in an episode uh, about uh, going to the Trojan War. That was fun. <laughs> so do check out uh, Doctor Who's That podcast on your podcatcher, and... Check us out uh, at on Twitter at Knives Out Minute, and please rate, review, subscribe to Knives Out Minute on your podcatcher of choice. And next week, please join our podcast again, where host Brian Lynch and his guest Rick Ingham will be discussing the next five minutes, uh, ninety-one through ninety-five. Bye, Auntie.